Hi, I'm Liz Tapia. And I'm Brian Ziegler from the band Dark Beauty. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Freeform Free Rock Podcast. Podcast. You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. Okay, welcome to a special edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast. And with me, as always, is uh, Lee. Me! <laughs> Why don't you just say Mark and me? Mark and me. Mark and me. It's Lee Gerstman, yeah, of course. Yeah, da, we... da, 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 the same thing over and over. <laughs> How are and, you doing? And with us today, we have uh, Liz Tapia and, uh, my bad, I just... Brian yes. Ziegler. <laughs> there you go. Brian Ziegler from the band uh, Dark Beauty. Uh, they have an album out called Fall From Grace, which uh, she was so nice to give us to listen to before this interview. Thank you for that, yeah, Liz. that was really cool. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, and thank you so much for having us on we're excited to chat with you guys mm -hmm. we're excited to have you um i just want to ask uh, how did you guys get started in uh being a band together well liz and i met way back in the 1990s i was the musical director for a theater show that liz was in and the show happened and it was wonderful and then we didn't speak to each other for two years but uh, then we did another show two years later and started dating and we're actually we've been married uh, for 21 years now but it took us a good while to get to the point where we could work together musically just because we come from such different musical areas and I think you can hear it in the music I'm more of the progressive and hard rock area and Liz is a little more classically trained and into opera and some more pop and dance influences okay. she can rock too but then you know we finally got to the point where we could put it all together into one project nice. that actually makes sense because um well one thing that i will say we can get into this uh, the individual songs later or not or the whole thing but when i was listening to it i thought it's I thought it's 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 one of those sleeper albums, like something that because uh, a lot of people go to extremes. They either do too heavy or they do too mellow, and this was like a very very nice combination of both some heavy elements, but it didn't sound too heavy it, it it still had a classical influence to it and i i i thought it was really cool because there's some people who don't like heavy rock yeah. at all and some people who don't like classical or opera at all but both those people would probably like this yeah thanks for that that's that's yeah. the most wonderful thing i think anyone's ever said yeah, that's really nice I, I think what really ties it in is liz's melodies that can make the heavier music or the operatic influences all really pull together 
is almost all of the songs started with one of her melodies and then the rest of it is built around that. And I think they're so strong that, you know, if you listen to a to a heavier band, but it's still catchy, they've still got the hooks. I think it can appeal to a wider audience. And I, I think that's what what Liz was able to do here. Yeah, I feel like we have sort of sort of this crossover appeal where um, I like what you were saying, where, you know, some people might not maybe appreciate so much of the opera and but I think when you mix it in this style, I think to me, that's what seems to be the most interesting for me personally. I, I loved the idea of trying to kind of stretch into this new world of trying to mix these operatic vocals with rock. And, oh, yeah. and so this is, you know, yeah, this is kind of what we came out with. I mean, this 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 ended up being our blend <laughs> because, like, for instance, um, my dad used to listen to opera a lot and mm -hmm. i like a lot of opera but also i like um even though even though albin berg his music isn't at all related to what you do i liked his opera um i think it was wazek and it was a really strange and interesting opera and i also like you know, some heavy metal and stuff. And so I, but, but for me, um, I, I'd like to ask you, Liz, um, about, well, well, not ask, but just say that I, I had told Mark earlier to tell you that I thought that your stuff sounded like Kate Bush and actually it doesn't. The only thing that might sound like Kate Bush is the fact that you're both good singers, but she does <laughs> something totally different than you. And 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 there's a there's a vocalist named Anique. It's not the Anique who's like some Danish lady like like I, I forget her last name, it starts with a V, but there was some other lady named Anique who did some like and now we going in the forest and we're da 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 and it's some that I had back way back about 15 or 20 years ago and I don't even remember her name and I'm trying to trying to get who she is but um your your stuff sounds it's very smooth but it, it, it sounds like I'm, it doesn't sound like any particular classical composer that I know of, but it sounds like you love maybe classical and opera. Mm. Um, maybe Puccini, but I'm thinking more... Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but, 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 I, but, but maybe Gabriel Faure, I don't... I, I, I'm not sure, but 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 to me, it's it's really really cool because um, um, it works seamlessly, and 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 I was wondering which classical or operatic composers influenced you. Well, I I got to tell you, I love that you said as soon as you said Puccini, my heart just melted. I absolutely love the music of Puccini is is my favorite 
I can just listen to La Boheme and anything written by Buccini just over and over because I don't think there's anything else like it. So that 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 is my number one. Right on. Nice. Yeah. yeah, Lee's the classical it... guy of the podcast. I'm like, who? <laughs> just like, I'm more of the... Mark does know some stuff, but we're going to see later on what he knows. You know, I'm, I'm not going to discredit him. He, he's, he's, he, he knows about a lot of stuff that I don't know. And a lot of the operatic influences are, I think, a little more subtle in the music because it absolutely comes out in the melodies. But the song structures, by and large, are a little more traditionally rock. Some of the songs are a little more progressive, a little more complex in nature. But we didn't really try to structure things. You know, we don't have a requiem on the on the album or anything like that. Yeah. It's not like we were trying to follow classical song structure. We were really taking more of the classically influenced melodies and putting them in within a more traditional kind of pop song structure but the the influence is there you just have to you have to you have to work for it and you did <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then that's one thing that i would say is like it doesn't actually sound like the influences it sounds like you and that's something that that i think is great is the idea that like for instance, me, I listen to a lot of stuff, and then when I might compose or do something, I am only trying to do what I do, but it's influenced by stuff, but not to the point where I'm trying to do it. It's, it's a matter of it becomes my thing, just like I, I would say what you're doing is your thing. And, you know, I got to admit, we have had some trouble in describing the music. It's not all that crazy. It's not all that different from a lot of what's out there. But when you try to explain to people what it is and, you know, we end up with, well, it's kind of like Evanescence if Inva Mula was their singer. And yeah. there's some renaissance in that. Like, it's, it, it's tough to put it into a sentence. In fact, part of why if I'm stumbling when I'm talking, it's only because I'm trying to figure out, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that I've heard. And it's like, how can you put a hundred things into a quick sentence? But I would say, yeah, I can. I know what you're talking about when you're talking about Evanescence and all that. But but I but I still hear your individual style. Well, I, I thank you so much because that really is the highest form of compliment that uh, an artist musician can receive. So I thank you for that. Um, and I I think it's just yeah it, you know there's just something about our blend and um, the way. I just hear melodies and the way I'm piecing this together and then 
of course, when Brian's adding the other side of it, you know, the, the more the rock side of it and or the progressive side of it, it, it just starts to turn into something even more special. And I think for us, what's happened through the years is we've just become better writers together, too. You know, uh, I mean, of course, we know each other really well, but, you know, writing is a whole different process. And we, we definitely grew into our own style. So uh, it really does have our own personal stamp on it. And so we've gotten a lot of that. Like when we do shows, people, they, they say to me a lot, they say, well, we can't quite put our fingers on who you sound like. They say it's very original. It's very different. And I know a lot of people say that, but I think Dark Beauty really is very different. I'm, I'm curious, and, and I don't want to take Mark's time for asking anything, but I just thought on the spur of the moment, if the pandemic gets over or whatever the case may be, um, I'm in New York. And so, is there a possibility that in the future your group might be performing in the New York area? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. We, the, the short answer is yes, absolutely. We played a little mini tour literally right before the world shut down. It, we're actually wow. well. The band is based in the New York metropolitan area, but Liz mm -hmm. and I live in New Jersey, uh, in Bergen County, and we did four shows. Uh, one in, oh boy, uh, we did Brooklyn, we did Tenafly, New Jersey, we did Nyack, New York, and um, Dunellen, Dunellen, New Jersey. Yeah, we did a little four-show mini tour right before things shut down. And it was, it was kind of funny, but kind of not. We had two other really interesting bands with us, but this was in mid-March, and every day we were getting on phone calls with each other and just saying, okay, do we, do we stop? Do we yeah. do these shows? Because there really weren't protocols in place at that point. It was just, all right, everyone, yeah. wash your hands, and that's it. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think we're really excited because hopefully by the time <laughs> things break, we will have the second release done and we'll be able to play songs from, from that one live, too. Cool. So uh, when did this album come out? Because when I put it in my iTunes to listen to, it said 2014. Yes, that yes. is correct. It's It's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it came out 2014. And, you know, it's just, um, it's just taken a long time to get this second album out. And it, it's currently, our second album is called between sixes and sevens which is the it's the sequel to fall from grace um and we had originally intended to do a three album story kind of sort of like you know i always tell people it's kind of like a lord of the rings you know where you have the, your lord of the rings trilogy and then of course things will probably spin out of those albums and you know we'll get into different characters at some point but um you know, in some of the different worlds that she ends up visiting and from a different point of view or different a different story altogether, but from that world. So it did take a long time. And um, and part of it is because a lot of musicians are moving around and, you know, we have people kind of all over the place right now. Um, so, yes, it, it was released in 2014. And now the second one, we have one more song to go and then we are going to be ready to press and release and get it out there. So I don't have an exact date, but it is going to be definitely it will be within the next 
few months. Nice. It's like uh, like some groups like have album trilogies, and the first one's good, and then the second one fails. Like uh, uh oh, like uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Queensrÿche Operation Mindcrime was a phenomenal album, and then Queensrÿche Operation Mindcrime Two comes out, and it's crap. <laughs> I actually don't totally dislike the second one. I don't either, I but, but, but it's not as good as the first you, one. I, I, I respect your opinion. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, the, the first Mind Crime album was, for me anyway, it was, it was not to put too big a spin on it, but it was, it was life-changing. I mean, that, was, that album was my soundtrack for years, and it proved to me, really, in a way, it's kind of a forerunner of the Dark Beauty stuff, because it shows that, yeah. you know, we all like and respect The Who and Pink Floyd and kind of their concept albums. And it had been tried in hard rock, but Queensryche nailed it, you know. I, I actually saw that when, when I was listening to it. I, I, I didn't want to mention Queensryche, but yeah, I saw, I saw the influence. The heaviness reminded me of Queensryche. That's why I brought them up. <laughs> so, that's well, why wait I... till you hear between sixes and sevens. It's oh, even nice. heavier I, I than the first one. <laughs> Are you going to have a vinyl release or just CD and digital? Well, as of right now, uh, definitely CD and digital. Hate you know, eight <laughs> track. <laughs> Some bands still release eight albums on eight track and cassette. <laughs> I know Cheap Trick released an eight track is when I was eight years old back in like 1973. I, I, I know Cheap Trick uh, released an eight track years ago on one of their uh, later albums, and uh, Rick Nielsen said was said, "Hey, we were number one on the eight track chart." <laughs> uh, this this doesn't mean anything whatsoever, but I want to mention it. I I bought an eight track. It was a quadraphonic eight-track of Elvis. Oh wow! And I bought it for my friend just because it was so weird. Who would think there would be a quadraphonic eight-track of Elvis? That's crazy. Do you have a quad setup? I thought it would be funny. I, do Do you have a quad setup to play it on? Can you actually experience no, it? No, no. I I only bought it just so that. I could show it to people. It was about maybe two or three bucks. To have it. Was it. Just, to have it. But I, I used to have an eight-track machine long ago, but 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 I, I thought you know, it's just who the hell would think about an eight-track of quadraphonic of Elvis? So I bought it like someone might buy a hint of acid. Just to try it, just to be weird, even though I've never had acid. I'm not advocating it, but I'm just saying it just seems strange and interesting. Well, I've been around people on acid. It was kind of fun to uh, make trails in front of their face. <laughs> <laughs> I used to mess with them. One was supposed to change my alternator, and he dropped a tab of acid, and I couldn't get to work, so I started messing with him the whole day. <laughs> It. Thanks. Oh boy, all, all I want to say is when, when when you mess with someone on acid, they 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 start really tweaking on you. Well, I paid him a hundred bucks then, to change my alternator, and he didn't do it. So, like, so he deserved it. Yeah, he went and bought acid with it and came back like really like tripping. I go, what's wrong with you? Can I'm you not, do? I'm, I'm not. I'm not against you at all. Bro. I know. Well, I had to mess with him because he made me late. I didn't get to work. <laughs> 
So but, okay, uh, right on. <laughs> let's drop that story. But yeah, I heard a lot of Queens Reich and some Dream Theater in there. Um, really cool stuff. It's like like you're talking about the Quadraphonic. They have uh, is that like a 5.1 stereo surround sound CD like Rush comes out with and Pink Floyd, like kind of like that. Is that what it is? It's like you could hear different sounds or. Boy, I'm, you know what? I'm sorry we we lost you there for a second. Oh, I, was I, just, I think we're back. I said he was uh, talking about quadraphonic, and I go, "Is that like kind of like what they do now, like with Rush on 5.1 stereo surround CDs?" Or, yeah, you know, I've experienced a couple of those. A, a friend of mine is a absolute Rush lunatic, and he does have some of those quad mixes set up, and you know, he'll make everyone come over and watch the new deep, the new Blu-ray, and. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I mean, if you have the right sound system for it, and it's actually mixed properly, quad can be crazy. Um, I, it, yeah, it's good for movies, too. But even even for live music, cause it does work on the Rush DVDs. Nice. I haven't heard them yet. Um, I have mostly all Rush on vinyl. <laughs> and some CDs. Right. But let's get back to your, your music. Um, I asked if uh, she wanted to play some songs. She wanted to pick... Um, God dang it. Where's my notes? <laughs> Dark Lullaby, the first <laughs> song on the album. So uh, I'm going to play Dark Lullaby, Rick, real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that song. So here's uh, Dark Lullaby by Dark Beauty on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
Okay, that was Dark Lullaby. What was your, your guys' inspiration for that song to start the album out with? Mm. Well, when I first started writing, I wrote uh, a completely different song, which is Save Yourself and the last track on the album. And I wanted to develop the character of the Dark Angel and that's kind of where this character really was born. It was from the song Save Yourself. That's really what inspired me to kind of go into it as, you know, like a story. So from that came Dark Lullaby. And I thought it would be really beautiful to have this sort of classical, beautiful, melodic piece of music introducing the dark angel falling from heaven into this dark evil world and and then of course brian added his parts to it which is the progressive side and you know he took over and did some of the writing and that's how we came up with this piece and we thought it was just the perfect piece to introduce the story yeah, I think it, it, it introduces the story well, and I think it introduces the band well. With The songs are so eclectic as you move through the album and, and the stuff we're working on for the second one. But if there's any song anywhere that kind of has all of the elements of Dark Beauty, it's got a little bit of the heaviness, a little bit of the complexity, 
a lot of dynamic range. Very melodic. Very melodic, kind of creepy. Yeah, the creepy <laughs> voices. That was fun to sing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really cool when I was listening to it. Go, oh, man, her voice is really beautiful. And then uh, you kick in with a great guitar sound, man. I really enjoyed your uh, your leads. Oh, thank thank you. I'm I, I'm kind of a sound nerd more than more than anything. I, I work on my tone way too much. But I mean, I, you know, my big thing, particularly with Liz's music, is to support the song. I I want the solos to work within the song, and 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 they did. Yeah, totally. not that I don't want to. I it's not that I don't want to stand out. I do. I want people to like what I do. But I mean, I I really ultimately say, okay, you know, what is going to make this song of hers better? And that that's really what I shoot that's... for. That's what I meant, is that it, it worked with the song. It, it didn't sound like someone with an ego. It sounded more like like someone who knew what worked with the sound. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. That's that's exactly what we were, we were aiming towards, letting it be a part of the song and not some crazy thing that just came out of nowhere. Right. Plus, the first dozen songs, uh, the first dozen solos that didn't fit the song, Liz said, no, no, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, it's like uh, C.C. DeVille and Poison. He just solos wherever he wants to. <laughs> Who knows whether or not um, Brett and Michael said, no, take 2012. You know, well, you you kind of reminds me the way you put the solos into the structure of the song. It reminds me of like uh, Mike Campbell, Tom Petty, and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. That guy could shred if he wants to, but he chooses not to to uh, to push the song forward. And uh, that's what it reminded me of. And also Eddie Van Halen. Everybody knows he's a shredder and stuff, but there's a lot of songs where he's just playing rhythm. Doesn't really solo in the song at all. So right, right. But his rhythm playing is so phenomenal <laughs> yeah true <laughs> yeah it's funny you mentioned cct deville in another band in another life i actually was in a band that opened up for his solo project at a place called lamores in brooklyn that was he he was an interesting fellow <laughs> uh, i i seen him in front of the roxy one time just going ah, 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 you know walking around with his head cut off i didn't know what the hell yep. was going on with that i was trying to say hi to him and he just like he was walking in circles he was out of it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah so, the, the band I was in back then had a different female singer, and he was not interested in any of the other musicians in the band. He was just interested in talking to <laughs> Selena. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like sounds like something he would do. He's he's a funny character, man. You ever hear that guy talk? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and then we. Uh, we get to other songs on this album, like Wrong Side of Heaven. What, how did, what was your, and it goes along with the story uh, telling of this album, and it's really good, too. That's a song, and, and we don't often do this, but I don't know if you're familiar with a band called Porcupine Tree. Yeah, they're uh, with a grunge band, right? Kind of. Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of a, like a grungy, progressive um they're not around anymore, unfortunately. Um, but they had a song called Arriving Somewhere But Not Here. And through the 12 minutes of that song, it starts out just ambient with a little bit of acoustic guitar. And then 10 minutes in, it's a thrash metal song. But the changes are so subtle. Do you think, okay, wait a minute. I'm in a mosh pit. How did this happen? 
You know, <laughs> this this was acoustic eight minutes. You know, it was like you got from Bob Dylan to Megadeth without noticing that you, you know, that you made the transition. And, and so we wanted yes. to kind of try to recreate that experience. And it's, it's, it's not as extreme, but it really started out as a songwriting exercise for me. And the tempo, this, this was one of the tougher songs to record because at each chorus, the tempo picks up by a couple of beats per minute. And our drummer had to program a click track that, increased in tempo a couple of beats at every chorus mm. it, it because you know with each time as it gets a little heavier and a little heavier we noticed when we were rehearsing it the tempo just kind of wanted to pick up yeah which is fine if you're playing it live and you're a little more flexible but when you're trying to record it that way mm. it was tough yeah. but it, uh, it worked out and it's so melodic and it's it's honestly one of my favorite songs on the album um, I mean, they're they're all very dear to me in one way or another because you know we 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 wrote them, we worked on them, and it's telling the story. Um, but Wrong Side of Heaven got so much airplay when it was released, and people just really really love this piece. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's just got it's very melodic. It has it has an interesting hook. But then, like you said, you know, the tempo's changing along the way, so you know something's something's coming. And I think, I don't know, somehow we we, we managed to get this right exactly the way we wanted. And I don't know how we did that, but... Would you believe that if I thought I got this song exactly the way I want it, I would listen to it again and go, oh my word, it was totally not what I wanted. And and then, so kudos to you if you got it exactly how you wanted it. Well, we did eventually after we programmed the click track. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, it was always working so beautifully when we were just playing it live. But like Brian said, it's totally different when you go to record it and you have to get you know the timing has to be right. But it was just something that. You know, through rehearsing it over and over and just playing it, and it just landed really where it needed to land on the wrong side of heaven, which is, you know, so. Maybe the wrong side's the right side, but it's, it's, you know, it's only called the left side instead. Of the right. <laughs> I'm, I'm... Right. Oh, man. And then and the, um, the third song on your album is uh, Mirage, which is the longest song on this album. It's 10 minutes and 44 seconds. And it's it's my favorite. I like long songs. Yeah, exciting. <laughs> well, I, I I will tell you, Mirage almost didn't make it onto the album because you know when you listen to it, there is there's a lot going on, and what we tr tried to do was create the world's largest drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of what sounds like a drum kit is actually larger percussion instruments. It's, you know, it's it's a timpani and a, like larger drums. And our drummer laid down literally one track at a time. So we went through a full pass and he just played, you know, the timpani and then went through another pass and did, you know, just a single drum. And so we got all the instruments down and, and the guitar and the sitar and all the vocals and everything. And we got the first mix back from our engineer and it was the worst experience. <laughs> oh, it was it was mm. awful. Be, I, 
because I mean, you know, partially because there's so much going on, it was hard to rein it in and make it all work. And so we sent him some notes, and he did another mix, and it was worse. And we went through half a dozen mixes, and they were all (laughs) really, really bad. And to the point where we were seriously thinking of just killing the song because we couldn't we couldn't make it work. But and this was we put twice as much work into this song as is anything else on the album. But eventually, Artie was able to really nail what we were looking for. And you know, there, there's a lot of dynamic flow. There's a lot of different parts, and it, it took a lot of work. But if eventually, I think it I think it ended up hitting the right hitting the right mark. Well, it's interesting because as Brian's telling you the complications of this piece and what we had to do to get it, you know, to actually finish it, it's it's such a favorite amongst so many people. We get unbelievable comments on Mirage, and I think it's just, it's it. I don't know what is it. It's just complicated and and like you said, <laughs> lots going on and, and different. Yeah. Well, this yeah, is and what I was going to say is that. The, the the difference between you who are working on it and finding the different difficulties for me when I heard it it sounded just as flowing as any of the other songs so nice. <laughs> it's 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 the idea that maybe certain songs might be harder to work on yeah but when they're done they do they they live up to the other songs that were less hard to work on i guess no i mean that that makes perfect sense and the difficulty was we were trying to make it so that the transitions were smooth and so that it didn't sound like disjointed pieces of music that were all kind of stapled together because um, there's, there's a place for that, too, but we really wanted Mirage to sound like just a song. And um, um, are, are you saying that there were a lot of things that were stapled together? I'm, I'm just only asking because you mentioned it. I, I, not, not ultimately, but I think mean, it was written just as one piece of music. But, you know, for example, the, the transition from the verse to the chorus is pretty abrupt. I, I mean, as far as recording it. I'm not saying as far as writing it, but oh. just as far as recording it. Okay. No, actually, from, from a recording process, it was all... I mean, of course, we did a lot of overdubs. Um, but yeah. the individual parts of the song weren't worked on individually. It was all one... 11 oh, okay. minute beast. <laughs> Plus but, but the, yeah, you know, what I was going to say is it, 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 it just totally seems seamless to me. Well, that's so nice to hear because I'll, I'll never forget that day in the studio when Dan Granda, who is, uh, who brought his entire drum kit and then some, we had, I think this, uh, the song has 52 drum tracks. Wow. And I, yeah. I like yeah. drums. And so, to me, 52, hey, sounds cool to me. Uh, I'm sure they probably muted some here and there, <laughs> but overall, when you look at, we have a we have a screenshot. I'll have to send it to you guys. Um, we have a screenshot of the actual <laughs> tracks, and it's just, it's crazy. 
I was just wondering, have you guys played this song live? We have. We, we have. have. We actually played it live on the on the last tour. Was that that was and the first time? Too. That was the first. No, the second time we'd done it. You're yeah. right. You're right. It, it's we didn't in our early shows. We didn't attempt it partially because a lot of your early shows you only get maybe half an hour to perform, and <laughs> Mirage would take up <laughs> half the set. Yeah. And you know it's funny. We did try to cut it back. We thought, okay, let's let's take this. You can make it probably into a six or seven minute song that would fit better into a rock set. And it didn't. The edits didn't really work. <laughs> we ended up performing it pretty much as it is on the album. The only part that's a little shorter is the extended section at the end. What we what we call kind of the, the party section is shorter when we do it live. But but that's it. We we do it pretty much as it is on the album. But it is a really fun song to perform live. Yeah. And you can see the audience kind of swaying along. And then they, you know, we're all swaying along to this beautiful Middle Eastern sort of beat. And it's just really, really fun. And then you see that one person looking into their phone and you want to throw the mic at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something that uh, one has to get used to is all the, the, the phones. But And, you know, it, it, it is, it's interesting to see, um, to see all the phones, you know, like pointed in your direction and uh, something I still have to get used to, I yeah. guess. I go to a show, I put up my phone just to record a little bit of it and then I put it back in my pocket. <laughs> Just to have a memory recorded. Yeah. yeah. I pretty much don't. The only, I, there, there was a show or two that I recorded some only because I mentioned on Facebook, I'm going to the show. So someone said, please record a song or two. Okay. So I did that. But otherwise, when I'm going to a show... I'm specifically going there to experience it as a person and not as a film director who's, <laughs> you know, um, recording it for for um, online. I, 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 I mostly do not record the shows that I go to. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like like you said, I, I do like to get maybe one or two pictures of the band or, or 10 seconds of a favorite song. But, you know, the crazy thing is for most of these bands, whoever you're going to see, there is a high quality recording, probably of the same tour that you can get probably for free on YouTube. Like you can re-experience yeah. that music and not in in the crappy format that you'd get it. You know, holding up, holding up an iPhone, and the the music's yeah. distorted, and the light's not that good, and you know, somebody's heads in the way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Or they got up their iPads. I go, what the hell are you bringing an iPad to a show? Put that thing away. I can't see behind. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's it's a you, it's awful, and yeah. you cannot see. I mean, there's and they hold them up high, and then you can't, you really can't see. Oh no, oh no. Here comes our concert etiquette rant. We went to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra a couple of years oh, ago. Nice. Are you guys familiar with them? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot and of my favorite guitar oh, players yeah. are in there. <laughs> Through complete dumb luck, I got us front row seats. It was one of those things where you had to get into Ticketmaster and slam it at just the right time. Um, 
And I, I got in. We had fantastic seats, and we were so happy. And we were the only people, you know, within the circle of like half a dozen around us paying any attention to the show. <laughs> Everyone else was on their phone, taking phone calls, talking about work. Oh. I'm like, this is an amazing show right in front of you. Why are you here if you don't want to experience it? You know? Yeah. You know? That's so true. It's like, you know, there's some songs you, like you like your favorite band, but they have that song you don't like. And, <laughs> right. and everybody goes to the restroom. Like when I saw Paul McCartney, like in what, uh, years ago, oh, in wow. the 80s, uh, they, we didn't have phones back then. But uh, everybody went to the restroom on Ebony and Ivory. It was like, oh, ouch. <laughs> well, Stevie that's, Wonder that wasn't there. He's doing like it by himself. That they would do that too, <laughs> unless they were saying, "I need to go to the Ebony." <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> well, that was the first time I saw. Oh, there's a bathroom song at concerts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and then everybody hears the, the next song, and they're all running back in. They didn't wash their hands. They go, oh, I gotta watch this. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, Liz, what's they our bathroom Ebony and wash your hands. Don't <laughs> come back until you do that plan. <laughs> yeah, man. And then we get to the uh, the next one, My Abyss. What was your uh, your inspiration on this one? I wanted to create something that had a beautiful atmosphere, which is one of my favorite parts of the song in the beginning with all the whispers and and just the line of the cello is, I, I just love that intro. And I thought this was, you know, this is the part in the story where she starts to walk, you know, in this, in the abyss, in this maze, and she starts to try to figure out where on earth is she? She knows she's on the wrong side of heaven, and, uh, you know, um, so this is probably our, would you say our more popular kind of, yeah. like, yeah. tune? Um, so this is a really fun song to sing, and it's got, yeah, it definitely has a little bit more of a poppier kind of flavor. Um, again, you know, really being eclectic and trying to mix it up in there. <laughs> You're talking to Lee. Uh, He's Mr. Eclectic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um um I'm 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 like um all the albums that you've never heard of. I'm the one who probably listened to all of them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's, he's given, that's pretty cool. He, he's given me albums with no melody whatsoever, and I go like, like well, there's, there's a group, the United States of America, and this Fairport Convention, which is not actually obscure, but to him it may be. And there's a group called Guns and Butter, and there was the Crab coming forth, and all the giant crab coming forth, all that stuff. Stuff that that if you reach your hand in the pool, you might take out an album. Oh my God, what's this? Hey, listen to it first before you throw it back in the ocean. <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, it's I like a, yeah. This is a really cool song, and I I like I liked it a lot. And uh, that when when you're explaining these, it's giving me like a movie in my head, and I like that because now I'm gonna go back and listen to it with the explanations you've been giving me of these songs. So that's really cool. Um, when you're on stage doing these songs, do you? It says you get into character. You're playing a character. Do you do costume changes or you just act different on stage? 
I take on the persona of the Dark Angel and I try to get into uh, her character while I'm performing the songs to really tell the story. So it's not just... So, I mean, I I really look at them almost as monologues so that when I'm singing, I'm, I'm not just singing the words, but I'm really... Um, sort of self-directing myself so that I'm telling the story and the, and the audience is getting the visual along with what's happening in the music to, you know, just, just convey what's happening to her in the moment and from her point of view. And through through most of the set, Liz is completely in character in that she's not talking to the audience and introducing songs and things like that. Um, I, I generally take on kind of the role of just narrator uh, oh. And it kind of, and, and that's an idea, honestly, that we stole from TSO is just kind of having someone, not not typical stage banter, although I do some of that too, but kind of weaving the story through the songs. Uh, and then Liz, of course, will acknowledge the audience and thank everyone at the end of the night. But she really does stay in character for most of the show. That's cool. It's like, it, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, as far as, you know, I try to wear the appropriate Dark Angel attire <laughs> so that I'm in character. But, you know, with such short amount of time on stage, it's, it's, it's not feasible for me to, you know, do a costume change. But, you know, when I started thinking about the story and the character and really trying to get into um, what I was going to do with this project... I've always thought about it as a like a cinematic kind of film come to life with music, sort of hybrid between music and um, and Broadway, like some some kind of a hybrid type of show to really tell the story. So my wish list is to have all the bells and whistles on stage with me as far as full costuming and you know um i would love to have a tower on stage where i can kind of sing through and sort almost like an opera but not quite an opera so if uh, anyone has a million dollars lying around we would love to have it for staging yes, exactly yeah because well, i when i saw queens right they did operation mind crime one and two and they had like actors on stage and yep. with yeah. them and uh jeff tate was playing the character and it was, it was really cool. And then, uh, uh, the only time I got to see uh, Ronnie James Dio on stage, he came up and did a right. Dr. X. And I was, like, excited. And I go, oh, man, I got to see Dio one day. And then he passed. And then uh, it was horrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but I said, I saw him for one song. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to see them on, on a different tour. I saw them on the Empire tour when they actually did, I forget it was all or just most of Mind Crime. But that was an arena tour, so they had a lot of projections behind the screen. And they had some actors. It wasn't a full-blown production, but but they really did put on Mind Crime as a show on that tour, too. Yeah, I saw uh, Jeff Tate solo, and he was his voice is uh, back. <laughs> it went out for a couple of years, but... It did. He's got his strength. I was right in the front. It was at a club, and he his band was incredible. And then he was supposed to be doing uh, Rage for Order and uh, Empire live in their entirety, but uh, that got canceled because of COVID. But he still re pushes the dates back <laughs> every couple months. <laughs> so, uh, so then we get to the uh, the next song, number five on your Eternal Ch Chamber. What was your uh, inspiration on this one? So Eternal Chamber. Um... It's the ballad. <laughs> it's the ballad, yes. It's the ballad 
right in the middle of the album, which, you know, we thought would be uh, lovely to put in there. And it's just basically, um, oh, I saw a face pop in there for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the ballad in the, be- in the middle of our album, and it's basically um, about evil forces and how they've they uh you know they've won the battle and the final ceremony is about to be performed and is so it's about her basically taking that next step to allowing the the demon to kind of come and grab her and she's she's taken the role she's taken on this role that you know where they're trying to bring her to so they're, they because they keep seducing her along the way so that's uh kind of her um her place ready sort of like to take the plunge it's like okay you got me here but but there's always a fight in her because this is like a, i mean she's a good angel that sort of turns evil like she's turning evil but she's really not evil you know she's evil for a little while but that's so all I'm like commercialism say. evil right <laughs> <laughs> and then um yeah it's a really fun great ballad i like it a lot and then uh we get to the next song which you uh wanted us to play so here's a uh, wicked dollhouse on the freeform rock podcast <laughs> Don't 
That was Wicked Dollhouse. Uh, what was your inspiration on that one? I think the inspiration on this one musically was definitely, and I, I don't know, I don't know how much it still shines through in the final project, but this was our meatloaf song. <laughs> um, I can it, understand that. I can yeah, hear that. The, yeah. yeah we By wanted, the way, meatloaf was born on my birthday, September twenty seventh. A different oh, very year, cool. but 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 he was born on the same day. Oh. Anyway, go on. I yeah, didn't that, interrupt. Oh no, no problem. It's just just a conversation among friends. You know? Yeah, you're right on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we wanted it to have a little more of a show tune flavor, kind of the way that his best material, the the Jim Steinman stuff, does to really make it a little more dramatic. And this is where we kind of show her showing that it's good to be bad, that she's gotten these powers and she's getting stronger and she realizes she has the ability to manipulate people almost like dolls in a little dollhouse. And as much as that's not necessarily a good thing to do in the real world, we wanted to show her having fun with it, that, you know, there really is some excitement in being bad you know sometimes it's good to be bad and we wanted to get that across yeah the, the way you guys explain this it uh makes me want you guys to write a television series <laughs> and, and make it a musical television series like have the songs drive the series like the 80s movies you know the pop songs. rock yeah <laughs> because it seems like i could see her falling from heaven in episode one like confused right. where she at and then it just it keeps going every episode she gets stronger and stronger and realizes who she is you know i could see this going on for like a, like a limited series <laughs> well it's really funny that you're saying that because that's you know in the beginning when i started writing i think the most interest, interesting part um for me was that it i just i just wrote i didn't worry about the order of the story like whatever came to me um I just I just wrote it. I I started, you know, just singing melodies and and as all of this was coming to me, I would just start writing it down. I would start working with, you know, each melody line and then I started developing the songs, but it was never in a particular order. And then um towards towards later, like towards the end of the album, I started thinking, okay, I have to try to, you know, put this in some sort of a semblance, but in the beginning, yeah. I just wrote not like like I had save yourself, which was track nine. That was the first thing that I wrote, <laughs> and it's the last oh, wow. track on the album. Cool. I've done that where um, I would write stuff, and then I said I'm going to put it in a certain order, and then I closed my eyes, and I pointed to a song, and I said, okay, this is going to be the first song. This is going to be right. the second song. And it was not the order that I wrote it. But it became a good order. Yeah, I mean, when when I was doing this, I just figured that it, I would just kind of slot them in where I thought it was going to go. And then it just, you know, by the end, it just kind of made sense. But I did have to start creating some kind of a like a system not a system but what do I want to say um, we need to fill in the gaps like fill in the gaps thank yeah. you that's what that's what I was trying to say fill in the gaps because in the beginning I just kind of wrote them so uh, it was interesting but now the second 
album is a little bit different. I have to think about that a lot more because I have sort of the whole first part of the story and you know fall from grace really depicts her it's mostly about her falling from heaven into this evil dark world and you know she starts to begin this journey and like who is she meeting and that and sort of the and what's happening to her seducing her and trying to you know take her soul away and change her uh, but the second album is you know it's the continuation so i mean that i do have to start thinking about that a little bit more well i did think about it more carefully <laughs> yeah it was, it's it's a really good ride on this album and like i said you should write a television series <laughs> kind of like a supernatural mix with buffy the vampire slayer i don't know <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so fun yeah I like it. and then we get to the uh where was i i was on we already talked about mystery of the mind right yeah I think we're yeah, on, we were on wicked dollhouse we're, oh yeah i'm ahead of my yeah we're on mystery of the mind there we go I got lost in what you were saying. Sorry about that. Uh, what What was your inspiration around this one? About this one, I mean. Oh, boy. Mystery of the Mind is really exactly the way the title says it. It was a mystery in my mind, the way I, <laughs> I wrote this song. Honestly, it was like the love ballad to her love and she's trying to sort of you know put it all together and she and she is really talking to the love of her life who is in where is he you know he's in purgatory he's down there he's you know she's trying to figure it all out and i think that there's just all of these voices around her so i just um i think when i was thinking about it you know i realized that like she's probably telling him don't come down here you know st like go go back <laughs> stay away this is not a safe place and um, which is why there's like a prayer in the middle of the song. And it was just, I don't know, it was a big jumble in my mind when I was writing it. And it's probably how it sounds too, but it's kind of the love ballad. Um, yeah, it's just a love ballad. And it's a, uh, it's a way of trying to get her point across to tell him to, you know, go away. Like, get out. <laughs> don't get down here. It's, it's yeah. bad. It's really and then at the same time, she's saying, save me, save me, save me. So it's like, uh -huh. it's a little bit of both. And you wrote this in 2014, and uh, this this album goes good for 2020. <laughs> yeah. Don't come down here. It's bad. <laughs> don't come down here. Stay where you are. It's like I, I, I see the Back to the Future meme, and Doc's telling Marty, don't go to 20, whatever you do, don't go to 2020. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know, she's she's in love with, she's still in love with him, and he's, you know, he's obviously the love of her life and she doesn't want, she doesn't want to leave and how can she leave? But she's in this new place now, you know, so this, it's about her being in this new space and we don't know what's going to happen to her or do we? Well, we do. <laughs> you guys know it and you ain't telling until the next album. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Did we get to the next song, Fallen? Uh, what was your inspiration on this one? Um... So on Fallen, it's interesting. It's kind of the opposite of what's happening, you know, in some of the story where she is saying, you know, it's kind of time for you to join me and there's space for you down here. And, and uh, you know, she's sort of summoning him in this bizarre way. But um, I think that it's, yeah, it's, she's kind of trying to pull him along now. Because she wants to be with them. Ultimately, she wants to be with the love of her life. So there's a lot of mixed emotions going on in some of these songs. It's really good. I, yeah, I, it's I like, like if someone's saying, 
you don't really want to be with the me, do you? Yep. But what they're really saying is, you want to be with the me, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's like, I noticed through the album, you have a lot of Middle Eastern music going along, and then a lot of heavy riffs going with it. And I go, this is a trip. <laughs> yeah, in fact, um, I, I thought to myself, I don't know, uh, but but Ofra Haza, she has an album called um, um, Desert Land. And some of her Middle Eastern sounds kind of sound a little bit like what you were doing. And and, and, and she's from, I think, Israel. And yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I mean, um, and I, I wasn't only, I was only going to say it um, after, after Mark reminded me of it. But, but I mean, it has a little bit of the um Israeli sound and 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 it, and 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 your stuff reminded me a little bit of it I, Lee I can't even believe that you're saying that because someone actually compared me to this beautiful singer and I thought who is this singer I had to go look her up yeah. and I was like oh my gosh I totally get why like I I could I could understand why they compared you know my sound to, to hers and i was truly honored because she's she's an incredible vocalist and a beautiful singer and uh so yeah it's really interesting i never thought i would hear anybody else say her name and so that's that's amazing <laughs> i'm 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 everything that i know is on the back of an album cover that's all i want to say <laughs> but that's like such a it's it's so out there like it's interesting that you chose you actually chose the two people that have actually other people have compared me to, and I don't, you know, I'm. I, is uh, her, I don't even know if her name is pronounced Ofra Haza. Yeah, I, I, mean, um, all I know is I got her album, and 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 if you see her song "Wish Me Luck," mm -hmm. and the and and then the video for that, that the album "Desert Land," was was, I I I liked it. I mean, I, I just saw the album one day, and I said, I want to get it, and I got it, and I thought it's really cool. Yeah, and, she she really and, is a beautiful singer. And and unfortunately, she did die, um, oh. but 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 she died maybe of cancer or something. But um, oh. but 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 yeah yeah she um was very much um she she. She she did different styles of music, but Desert Land or, or, or Desert Wind. It might have been Desert Wind. That might have been the name of the album, but it's either Desert Land or Desert Wind. And and it, it was interesting music, and it reminded me of what you did somewhat. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I, I, I take that as a full compliment because she she really was a tremendous talent and, and just had a beautiful style of her own and just a gorgeous voice. Yeah. And then we get to the last song, which was actually the first song you, you told us you wrote, Save Yourself. What was your inspiration on this one? Yeah, Save Yourself was, you know, it was the first thing that I ever wrote. And I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest with you, when I was writing it. I just, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I just 
started hearing melody and I started sort of singing some things and you know before you know it I'm I'm sitting there now I'm writing this character and then slowly realizing that oh wait this is like a this could be the character of a dark angel and I don't know just started piecing together and um and I thought the thing that was interesting for me on this piece was that I really fell in love with the idea of the operatic vocal style mixed with rock and this is really where I was you know, the whole idea for me came about. And I thought, I'm going to sing like a little operatic part in the beginning and throw in some words in Italian and sort of mix a little gibberish in there and just kind of do my own thing. And that's how it came out. So um, my mother's favorite piece, by the way, I should say, too. <laughs> yeah, Save Yourself was was the first song we worked on together. And it's funny, Liz had, before before the band was together. I've been playing in bands ever since the mid eighties. Um, and Liz had always come from more of an opera and a musical theater background. She was interested in rock and had fronted some rock bands before, but just didn't put as much time into it previous to this as I did. And she had put together a variety show and a friend of hers hosted who also did some production. And she started to work on some music. Hi, Artie, if you're out there. Um, she started working on a song and she said, hey, Brian, you know, I've worked on this song with Artie and, you know, we'd like to have you do some guitar on it. And I thought, oh, that's cute. Liz is doing music. She <laughs> didn't believe me. <laughs> and I put the headphones on and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the first song she's written and it sounds better than anything I've ever done, you know, in my life. But Save Yourself is a little different than the rest of the songs from... Uh, not to guitar nerd out for a moment, but, you know, it was my only opportunity on the album to really just kind of groove and, and to really let loose a little more. Um, so that's my favorite song on the album, just because it has the most guitar solos. Yeah, it, it riffs. It has, <laughs> it, yeah, it has two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that song. And then uh, you have the another song on here, but it's just a bonus track, but it's a longer version of Mystery of the Mind remix you guys uh you had it longer originally and just cut it down or now the funny story about mystery of the mind is so here's this beautiful ballad where you know she's pouring her heart out to the love of her life and and it's just melodic and it's soft and and when my producer said oh i hear the dance mix to this i said to this song and i, I couldn't believe it when he said it to me and you know he's he's he asked me he says he goes i have to you have to let me run with this because i hear it and he is such a good producer wow. um and he's so great in this in you know in the dance styles and 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 um and and the uh the genre of like uh dance mixes and stuff and he just heard it, you know, and I, I had to just let him do it. And But I could not even understand, like, how this was going to turn into a dance mix. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so much fun to listen to. And, and it's same exact song, but just a little bit of a different beat. And there you have it. What? How, how long is Mystery of the Mind? It's like, it's long, isn't it? It's like The dance mix the is ten, seven like, or eight. Is it? I thought it was... Seven minutes and 19 now. seconds. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> the, the original version is four minutes and 53 seconds. So. Oh, there, okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so we just let him run with it, and then uh, we thought it would be really fun to just add it as a remix bonus track. That's cool, man. Um, I just want to thank you guys for coming on the show, and uh, I'll have this episode probably up next week. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, thank uh, you. That, it's that, been a pleasure um, to be um, here with you guys. Other musicians... 
um, are willing to, you know, talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're 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 music nerds, and we we just love the, the the music conversation. But we do want to say, hey, darkbeautymusic.com. Check it out. There's always going to be our late, you know, news on the new album and other goofiness. The Christmas song. <laughs> saw the oh, Christ yeah, our the Christmas, Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Christmas song was part of. So what I started doing was I have. So there's two things happening right now in my musical career. I have, you know, all of the um, the storyline and the, the music for Dark Beauty happening, writing and. Um, and then I've decided to sort of start kind of experimenting a little bit more with my voice and do my own sort of solo thing. I would like to step aside from the Dark Beauty Project and just sort of try to get my vo my vocals out there in a different way. Because, you know, people listen to different styles of music and I thought maybe it could help me expand and to grow and just kind of give me, you know, some... Um, just let me have some fun doing some different things and just try some stuff out. So A Christmas Morsel is the first little Christmas album series that I decided to put out this year. And uh, every every year I'm going to just keep adding like three Christmas songs. So next year I'll have three new songs and I'll just try to keep building. And then so between that and then doing some pop and other things on the side. That should hopefully get me well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll keep me busy. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, right on. in the show notes, I'm going to put your links up on your uh, webpage so people could click them when they go to uh, our Podbean page, and uh, I'll probably I'll put them on the Facebook page also when I put this episode out. So uh, promote your music and get you guys out there. Because Great, you guys are you. you guys are really good, and, and it's hard for for bands to make a living on uh, Spotify or whatever yeah. anymore. But uh, if you guys are independently producing this or record company or we are currently independent That's we are good. independently producing this so um yeah you know we're just doing it on our own right now until the right opportunities come by and uh we're, we're certainly interested yeah but you know there are a lot of a lot of things in the music industry that look like opportunities but that really aren't you know, there there are times when people will offer to do some things that you could do for yourself and charge you a lot of money or take yeah a lot of the copyrights away. And you know, we are absolutely open to offers, but we want it to be something that we couldn't do for ourselves. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah, the record industry's kind of shady with how they uh, pay people now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, we love your songs. Um, we get. Nine hundred and ninety-nine percent, and you yep. get zero one percent of the royalties. But, but you'll be around a million viewers. You'll get only ten dollars, but a million people <laughs> will see you. It's like, uh, I'd rather a hundred people see me, and if I get eighty dollars, I'm cool. Kind of like right. that, you know what I mean? Well, I heard uh, record companies are like trying to like get into your merch and your live concerts now. They want a, a piece of everything, and they're going, "That's rude." <laughs> yeah, well, the, you know, the uh, thing is, they're not, and I'm not crying for them, believe me. But they're not, you know, there's not a whole lot in album sales anymore. Um, and now that the money from touring has dried up because it's basically illegal, 
You know, <laughs> they're looking for looking for something. But, you know, the merch is is all that the musicians have to survive on at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and record companies are uh, there's a story about the band Kicks. They uh, sure, yeah. they signed a record contract and they had to they in order to make money, they had to make money on that album to pay the record company back and then everything was theirs. But their first two albums didn't make money. So they were in the hole with their record company. So then the uh, Blow My Fuse album, they were like 2 million copies sold, but they owed the record company for everything, recording the albums, recording this. Right. They didn't make any money with that album. <laughs> it's like, they were still poor. <laughs> it's like, that yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'd like to thank you guys again for being on the, uh, the show. And um, thank, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Liz. And uh, much luck to you guys. And uh, get back to touring. Maybe you guys could come to uh, Southern California, where I'm at, uh, one day. Play the Roxy or, or something um, out there. New York. Well, they're closer Brooklyn. to you. Of course they'll come to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I totally see you live. <laughs> I would, too. And I just want to thank you guys. Um Again, and uh, ugh, it's hard for me to end a show sometimes. Lee, end it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye bye. Thank, bye. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Mark, so much. And we look forward to talking with you again in the future after the second album. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you guys for the second album. And can you hold on for a second? Sure. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.